Good morning, people of God. This is Apostle Shirley Evans. Today being the October 30th, one more day to come in this month. God's willing that we are still alive. Today is the 30th day of October 2020. The time is 9.16 a.m. and today is Friday. Thank God for another day. Thank God for opening up our eyes. Thank God that we are in our sound mind, and I pray that when everybody gets this, they will have peace of mind and a joy and love in themselves to pour out to others. I just thank you, Father, for today. Lord, and as we are about to embark in our teaching and in our worship, we 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 thank you because you said it says in your word that you inhabit the praises of your people. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for giving me strength. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Thank you for pouring favor on your people today in the name of Jesus. Father, we ask you to help us to be grateful, not ungrateful, to be thankful, not to be unthankful. Help us, Lord God, to pour the love that you've given us, the wisdom that you've given us, the knowledge that you've given us to pour into others like Paul poured into his son, Timothy. Father, because the more we pour out that you give us, that's, that's how you will give us back. Because your word says, give and it shall be given unto you good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over shall men give into your bosom for with the same measure that you give it, that's the same measure you will get back. And Lord, we glorify your name today. And Holy Spirit, we just thank you for being our teacher. We just thank you for comforting us. Without you, we can do nothing. Thank you, Jesus, for saving us. Thank you for dying on the cross, for giving up your life, for pouring out your glory, Lord, for humbling yourself. Help us to walk in that humility. Thank you for grace. Thank you for your mercy. In the name of Jesus today, those who will receive this, I pray that any that is sick among them, God, that your word said that you heal it all our diseases. So I ask you that you would touch them, touch their body. I speak healing today. Whoever is going to get this word in the name of Jesus. We will glorify the King of Kings. We will glorify the Lamb. We will glorify the Lord of Lords, who is the great I Am. Hallelujah to the King of Kings. Hallelujah to the Lord. Hallelujah to the Lord of Lords, who is the great I am. I want a speaker. Read a Psalm, Psalm 100. It says, Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that had made us, and not we ourselves. We are his people, and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving, and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him, and bless his name. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endured to all generations. And you know, when he sends these messages, he referred to his people. We are his people. And it says here, 
we are his people and the sheep of his pasture. That means that he is the good shepherd. And so Psalm 101 says, I will sing of mercy and judgment unto thee, O Lord, will I sing. I will behave myself wisely in a perfect way. Oh, when wilt thou come unto me? That's David's, um, 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 speaking David's promise. Oh, when wilt thou come unto me? I will walk within my house with a perfect heart. I will set no wicked thing before mine eyes. I hate the work of them that turn aside. It shall not cleave to me. A froward heart shall depart from me. I will not know a wicked person. Whoso privily slandered his neighbor, him will I cut off. Him that had a high look and a proud heart will not I suffer. Mine eye shall be upon the faithful of the land, that they may dwell with me. He that walketh in a perfect way, he shall serve me. He that worketh deceit shall not dwell within my house. He that telleth lies shall not tarry in my sight. I will early destroy all the wicked of the land, that I may cut off all wicked doers from the city of the Lord. That's the word of the Lord. I stand, I stand in awe of you. I stand, I stand in awe of you. Holy God, to whom all praise is due. I stand in awe of you. I stand in awe of you. And the Holy Spirit is giving me another scripture. And I will read that following his instructions. I stand, I stand in awe of you. Holy God to whom all praise is due. I stand in awe of you. And this is the scripture that he gave me just now. He said, Psalm 19, the heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament showeth his handiwork. Day unto day uttereth speech and night unto night showeth knowledge. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. Their line is gone out through all the earth and their work words to the end of the world. In them hath he set a tabernacle for the sun, which is as a bridegroom coming out of his chamber, and rejoiceth as a strong man to run a race. His going forth is from the end of the heaven, and is circuit unto the ends of it, and there is nothing hid from the heat thereof. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is thy servant warned, and in keeping of them there is great reward. Who can understand his errors? Cleanse thou me from secret faults. Keep back thy servant also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Then shall I be upright, and I shall be innocent from the great transgression. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. I'll speak, I'll read the last verse 14. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. In other words, the words that comes out of our mouth should be the same word, should line up with the words in our heart, and it should be acceptable unto God. 
And so, Heavenly Father, we pray that our words that comes of our mouth and the meditation of our hearts will be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. Amen. That's a word from the Lord. Help us, Lord, not to say one thing, but we're meditating something in our heart, and God sees the heart. He knows. Help us that our, our, our words and our heart be lined up together. It's like the scriptures say, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, so the confession of your mouth and believing in your heart has to line up, has to be on one accord. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. I want to see you. I want to see you. To see you high and lifted up. Shining in the light of your glory. Pour out your power and love as we sing holy 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 open the eyes of my heart lord open the eyes of my heart lord i want to see you i want to see you to see you high and lifted up shining in the light of your glory pour out your power and love as we sing holy 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 i want to see you i want to see you open the eyes of my heart lord open the eyes of my heart i want to see you to see you high lifted up shining in the light of your glory pour out your power and love as we sing holy 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 i want to see you holy 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 I want to see you. I want to see you. Father, open the eyes of my heart. Open the eyes of our heart. The heart has eyes. We want to see him high and lifted up. High and lifted up. Shining in the light of your glory pouring out your power and love as we sing holy 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 give me one pure and holy passion give me one magnificent obsession give me one glorious ambition for my life to know and follow hard after you to know and follow hard after you. To grow as your disciple in your truth. The world is empty, pale and cold. Compared to knowing you, my Lord. Lead me on and I will run after you. Give me one pure and holy passion. Give me one magnificent obsession. Give me one glorious ambition for my life. To know and follow hard after you. To know and follow hard after you. 
to grow as your disciple in your truth. The world is empty, pale and cold, compared to knowing you, my Lord. Lead me on and I will run after you. To know and follow hard after you. To grow as your disciple in your truth. The world is empty, pale and cold, compared to knowing you, my Lord. Lead me on and I will run after you. Lead me, Lord, and I will run after you. Lead me on, and I will run after you. Lead me on, and I will run after you. Lead me on and I will run after you, not after men, running after Jesus, running, 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 running after Jesus. We want to know more of Jesus, more about Jesus. I would know more of his love to others show, more of his saving fullness seek, more of his love who died for me. More, more about Jesus. More, more about Jesus. More of his saving fullness seek. More of his love who died for me. I'm going to sing a song and it's Be Not Afraid. Because there's many places when he calls you and sends you, you have to go and you don't know exactly where, but he will show you and he will guide you. He will hold your hand. He will protect you. So be not afraid. You shall cross the barren desert, but you shall not die of thirst. You shall wander far in safety Though you do not know the way, you shall speak your words in foreign lands and all will understand. You shall see the face of God and live. Be not afraid. I go before you always, come follow me, and I will give you rest. You shall cross the barren desert, but you shall not die of thirst. You shall wander far in safety, though you do not know the way. You shall speak your words in foreign lands and all will understand. You shall see the face of God and live. Be not afraid. I go before you always. Come follow me and I will give you rest. If you pass through raging waters in the sea, you shall not drown. If you walk amid the burning flames, you shall not be harmed. If you stand before the power of hell and death is at your side, Know that I am with you through it all. Be not afraid. I go before you always. Come follow me. And I will give you rest. Blessed are your poor. For the kingdom shall be theirs. Blessed are you that weep and mourn. For one day you shall laugh. 
and the wicked men insult and hate you all because of me. Blessed, blessed are you. Be not afraid. I go before you always. Come, follow me, and I will give you rest. Come, follow me, and I will give you rest. So we are continuing our lesson from the Holy Spirit. And it's about releasing our glory, releasing the glory, releasing the glory of God, releasing the glory that is in you, that he has placed in you. Your glory is who you really are. Your glory is who you really are. The ultimate you the true person hidden inside that no one has ever really seen. Your full glory is everything you were born to do that you haven't done yet. Everything. I have done so many different things. So I was a Sunday school teacher. I sang in the choir. I was an executive secretary, loved doing it, loved doing it. But when it pleased the Lord to call me out of that workplace into the workplace of as a laborer for God in his vineyard, that's why I'm now, he now, the teacher is teaching, teaching me mentoring me to pour out to others but there had to be a season of being in the wilderness in that dark place in him working on the inside of me and so there was is a season of pressuring 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 to get the oil out of me to for the glory to pour out of me so it's not a microwave thing it's one it's a thing that you really put in boiling hot water or in a fire kiln or or let's say in 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 in, in the baker for a while until you've perfected it, you matured it, you complete it now to pour out to others. So there were seasons of what has been inside of me and what is still pouring out in different ways. There were seasons of prison ministry. There were seasons of hospital ministry. There's seasons where you went in places, I went in places that I would call, God, this got to be the wilderness, this must be the desert. <laughs> but he was processing me, preparing me, and still preparing me. Your glory is who you really are, the ultimate you, the true person hidden inside that no one has ever seen. Your full glory is everything you were born to do that you haven't done yet. Everything you've dreamed but haven't accomplished yet. Once you recognize, once recognized and revealed, your full glory will bring to your life a greater sense of purpose, a greater sense of fulfillment, a greater sense of satisfaction than anything else anything else 
we human beings are never happier than when we are expressing the deepest gifts that are truly us. And so in the secretarial field, I was quite happy. It was a joy to go to work. But that season, that pouring out was complete. That's what it means to find your glory, to recognize and exercise your gifts, to discover who you are meant to be and what you are meant to do and to devote your life and your energy to becoming that person. There must be a moment in life for each of us when we can say, this is it. A moment when we and our glory become one is something you love to do. It is a time when we get in sync with our glory. A time when, when, when someone who, okay, say someone who bakes, they love to bake. And before they pour that into the pan to put in the baker, they taste it and they said, yeah, this, this, this is finally good. This is good. When we reach that place, we will have realized God's purpose for our life. Until then, we have no right to go to the grave without pouring it out here on earth. But of course, there is something called untimely death. There is an untimely death. And people say, oh, no, 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 no. No. In the Bible, it says, why should you die before your time? That means you could die before your time. And then he, he talks about he can give you length of days. So if he could give you length of days, he could shorten those days. Ah, that's right. So it's like how somebody say, oh, the Bible say uh, money answered all things. Well, you better read the whole scripture and understand it. Like I said to people, money does not answer all things. Ask the richest men who on their deathbed, whether money was answering all things. They needed Jesus. We all need Jesus. We need Jesus and a lot of people we, we unsettle, unsettled, unsettled, and you go on through life still unsettled? No, there comes a time when you accept Jesus and you stay in the process. He will settle you and he will establish you. He will place you in a place of rest. When we reach that place, we will have realized God's purpose for our life. Until then, we have no right, we should not, we as Christians should continue pouring out, pouring out the glory inside of us. None of our, our, us are supposed who know Jesus are supposed to go um, without manifesting God's glory, which is trapped inside of us. To glorify someone means to show or manifest everything he expects from you. For example, the telephone, I expect that to work. Because now if that don't work and that's a new telephone that I bought, I'm going to the manufacturer and let them know there's a problem. No glory came out of it because it didn't work. And it's going to be bad on the manufacturer's name and then you can tell somebody don't buy from that then because it's not bringing you any glory god is concerned about the reputation of his name as human beings we carry god's name his image could you imagine so when we say we are christians it means we are supposed to be uh, the character and integrity like Christ. We're supposed to be Christ-like. But there are times when I wonder, and that's why sometimes I said, no, I'm a believer in Jesus Christ. Because the way some Christians allow the enemy to control their life, the flesh, and their soul is unsaved. <laughs> When the Holy Spirit said, your soul have to be saved, I was like, what? 
Yes. Come in alignment. And he wants us. That's why we have in, you know, there's always a wrestle inside of us. When we know this is the right thing to do, Paul said evil is always there. So there, there's a war in our members. There's a war between the spirit, the soul, and the flesh and our body. As human beings, we carry God's name. We carry his image. And he wants us to perform according to his expectations. We do this by fulfilling every design function he built into us and becoming all he planned for us to be. In the Bible, a person's name was the same as his reputation. And it's happening now where you would tell your children, listen, I'm your mother. And you know my walk with God. Now, if you go there and carry on like a fool, then you, I, and someone comes and tells me, I say, no, that, that child's supposed to look like me, act like me. But then if the child goes out there and allow the enemy to take them over, well, it's almost like you don't know that child and you pray that that child will come back and find his identity like the prodigal son did. In the Bible, a person's name was the same as his reputation. Through the scriptures, we see examples of God being very jealous for the reputation of his name. Jesus was also jealous for his father's name. Jesus replied in John chapter 12, verse 23, Verse 27 to 28, he says, Jesus replied, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Now my heart is troubled. And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. No, it was for this very reason I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven. I have glorified it and will glorify it again. See, Jesus knew that his moment of glory would be the cross. Remember when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane and he was weeping, he was wailing like drops, his sweat was like drops of blood and a strong angel had to come down to comfort him. So he knew that his moment of glory would be the cross. There he would completely fulfill everything he was born to do. That's why he said the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Until that moment arrived, Jesus had no right. It wasn't his time to die because he still had some glory inside of him. It was not his time. It was not his time. Listen, how many death, near death experience I've had, but it was not my time. I still got more in me to pour out of me. He hasn't finished with me yet. When Jesus prayed, Father, glorify your name. He was saying, Father, bring out of me all your expectations in order to protect your reputation. Jesus knew all along that his own death on the cross would be fulfilled, would be the fulfillment of his prayer, because he prayed that. Whenever we pray or sing to God, glorify your name. You know, glorify your name. Glorify your name. Glorify your name. In all the earth, Father, we love you, we worship, we adore you. Glorify your name in all the earth. Glorify your name, 
glorify your name glorify your name in all the earth glorify your name glorify your name glorify your name in all the earth glorify your name we are asking for the same thing jesus did that god will bring out of us everything he expect, expects of us for the honor of his reputation, for the honor of his glory. We are asking him to bring us to our moment of glory. In moments like this, I sing out a song. I sing out a love song to Jesus. In moments like this, I lift up my voice. I lift up my voice to the Lord. Singing, I love you, Lord. Singing, I love you, Lord. Singing, I love you, Lord. I love you. Guess what? While I was singing just now, I can all I could hear the bells. Oh, blessed be the name of Lord Jesus. I could hear like bells. I could hear music. Oh, I can hear the different harps up above my head. I am music in the air up above my head. I am music in the air up above my head. I am music in the air. And I truly do believe there is heaven right there i heard the music i saw the instruments i saw the angels blessed be the name of the lord jesus and so we've got that we have it inside of us those who are called with an anointing of a psalmist it's inside of you it's embedded inside of you it come from the glory. It come from the glory. It comes from the glorious kingdom. It comes from the glory. We should finish what we were born to do. Because God never fails. He wants us to bring out our full glory. That's part of his purpose for our lives. Understanding this, seeking to follow and obey the Lord and working to discover and expose our true glory will help keep us alive. God wants us to pour out, to empty ourselves. He doesn't want us taking any of our glory to the grave. The gospel writer John mentioned several times how Jesus' enemies wanted to seize him or put him to death, but did not because his time had not yet come. Like I said, my time hasn't come. Jesus appointed time. Jesus' appointed time. His moment of glory came the night he was betrayed. He was delivered into the hands of his enemies 
and crucified. Until then, he was safe from their hands. That was the appointed time for them to do that to him because now it was time for him to go to the cross. God has a moment of glory for each of us. The substance of our lives is to pursue that moment until he brings us into it. When we have become everything we were born to be, when we have shown the world our full weight, that is our full glory, that's when we have glorified God. When to release the glory, let's say the, the, the actors practicing whatever their play is going to be, but it's behind the scene. Now, when they come out on stage, they are releasing it to the world. When we release the glory hidden inside of us, we put God on display. You remember I told you how the people asked me to go and walk on that on, 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 on that display when they were modeling. And I was like, I never did that before. And God said, yeah, I want you to go there because I'm getting ready to put you on a platform on display to the world. Unveiling his attributes. When we release the glory hidden inside of us, we put God on display. Unveiling his attributes his likeness, his character, and his attitude before a waiting and watching world. Many of these big evangelists or pastors or prophets or teachers or preachers, some of them started in a car and a broke down jalopy. Some of them started in a little thatched roof house. But God was filling them and preparing them to bring them out to the world. So the world can see, yes, it was me who was doing the work inside of him. Now he's going to pour out the glory for you to see. This means to pay open tribute to God for all his accomplishments. Those who he does directly as well as those he performs in and through us. It means giving God credit where credit is due. Anytime we receive applause or recognition for an achievement, we should turn right around and return the credit to God. So every time someone, someone uh, message me or text me and say something, I say, yes, we give God glory because it's from him. I do not want to take it, the credit. Because next thing I know, huh, God said, uh-uh, you trying to be God, so let me move you aside, let me remove you. We have to stay humble and know that God is God, and we are not God. This does not mean denying our gift or ability through which success came, but to simply and honestly acknowledge God as its source and thank him for his enabling power that made success possible. Remember I, one time I sent out a message, the enabler is here, now unto him who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh within us. The power working in us is God. To do otherwise is to mishandle the glory of God. And that is very dangerous. Remember that God is jealous for the reputation and integrity of his name. He will not tolerate anyone trying to steal his glory. He will not. And, 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 and I, I must say there's a lot of people in this world is trying to do it. Father, help them. Open up their eyes so that they could see that the enemy won't cause them to steal it. Another way we glorify God is by displaying his likeness. This means showing the world that God is who God is like. This means showing the world what God is like. 
God created us in his own image and likeness. We are the product of his glory, of his creation. He is the manufacturer and he stamped his approval on us. He stamped his name on us. Remember he told his disciples, they went out and, uh, and, and they were ministering and so much good things happened and they came back bragging to Jesus. Jesus said, you stay right there. He saw Satan fall like lightning. In other words, you better know that your name is written down in the Lamb's book of life. So he has stamped his name on us and wants us to function according to his design, to his nature. His reputation is on the line. Most of the people in the world cannot see the likeness of God, either in themselves or others, because sin has blinded their spiritual eyes and marred the image. When we begin to discover and release our glory through the power of God, we will start to reflect the likeness of the one who made us. See, when the prodigal son went out there, his eyes was in darkness. But when he came to himself, he was able to see and identify who he really was, and he went back to his father. More and more in our daily, in our daily life and work, we will show off the traits of our father, our maker. We will show off love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 and 23. I'll read that. Galatians chapter 25. Galatians chapter... No, I said... Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 and 23 says, uh, no, I'll, I'll read from verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, and faith. Meekness, temperance, against such there is no law. Other people will be able to look at us and see what God is really like. We glorify God by displaying his character. When we begin to manifest in our lives the true characteristics of God, other people may begin to confuse us with him. I mean, one time somebody said, uh, an evangelist said, you know something? People are going to look at you and say, you think he's Elijah? You think he's Elisha? And then he said, you think they're going to say, oh, you must be John the Baptist, come back to life. I was like, no, I'm just a child of God. They may say, you remind me of so-and-so. If they do, don't feel bad. That's a good thing for them to say. As long as we keep ourselves humble before God and allow him to manifest his glory, others will see his character in us. Such things as truthfulness, honor, integrity, justice, and holiness. This does not mean we are competing with God. He wants us to expose his character on the earth. Yeah, sometimes people say, you, you think he's God. I know, I don't think I'm God, but let me say this. If you are a child of God, and if you say that you're a Christian, that is the wrong way you're walking. And then I will bring them the scripture and lead them back in the right direction if they want to go there. He wants to expose his character on earth. And he has to do it through us. God wants other people to be able to see his nature in us so that they will glorify him. 
We also glorify God by showing creation the attitude of God. When the world sees what God is like, they will begin to appreciate the glory of God in the earth. This is the practical side of glory. Many of us are caught up in the idea that to glorify God means coming to church or going to a synagogue or going to a mosque or just singing songs or praying prayers and of course, or reading the scriptures. But that is a religious concept that misses the point. We do not glorify by God by our religious activities, but by displaying his nature and character and attitude. The times you would walk in church and some people won't open their mouth, but if you have a, a discerning spirit, you would hear what they're saying inside. And you wonder, listen to these, these supposed to be children, a man of God, the attitude, the attitude. We're supposed to display his nature, his character, and his attitude. This means that we, not, we do not glorify God on our, just on our worship day, whenever it is, but on every day. Glory begins on Monday. It continues all through the week. It starts when we go to take a shower because we're glorifying God. It continues through the house all through the day. You expose the glory of God no matter where you are. People are going to see the real me and the real you. We glorify God by showing his attitude to the world. This means working out our dreams, maximizing our gifts, using our talents, and bringing out all our hidden abilities. But godliness is the key to glory. Finally, we glorify God by revealing the godliness of the Father. This really means when we display the attributes likeness character and attitude of god we are revealing his godliness if you think about it godliness is a rather frightening word it literally means god likeness to be godly means to be just like god is it possible for human beings to be like god not only is it possible, but the Bible commands it. Godliness is a key to glory. And the key to godliness is a personal love relationship with God by grace through faith in Jesus Christ as Lord. The early church leaders, Paul and Peter, they both emphasized the importance of godliness. 1 Timothy chapter 2 and 2. Paul wrote to, to, to Timothy, his son, who he was mentoring. He wrote, 1 Timothy 2 and 2, that we may live a peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. And I will turn to that. 1 Timothy, 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 2. It says, For kings and for all that are in authority that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty he was talking about i should read from verse one verse one says i extort there ex exhort therefore that first of all supplications prayers intercessions and giving of thanks be made for all men for kings and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. So what we really should be doing is interceding and praying for those who are in authority, not pulling them down. We have to pray for them. We ought to pray for them. First Timothy chapter 4, 7 and 8 says, chapter 4, Verse 7 to 8 says, 
but refuse profane and all wise fables and exercise thyself rather unto godliness. For bodily exercise profited little, but godliness is profitable unto all things, having promise of the life that now is and of that which is to come. 1 Timothy chapter 6 verse 11 says, Verse 11 says, But thou, O man of God, flee these things and follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, and meekness. And in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 to 7 says, talking about godliness, says, his divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. For this very reason, Make every effort to add to your faith goodness, and to goodness knowledge, and to knowledge self-control, and to self-control perseverance, and to perseverance godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness love. That's 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 to 7. Peter says that believers participate in the divine nature that means glory and that god has given us everything we need for life and godliness that means that if we are believers god has already given us everything we need to be like him he wants us to respond to life not from a human perspective but from a godly one so often we hide behind the statement, I'm only human. We even sing that, I'm only human. I'm just a woman. We, we, we hide behind that statement. When we, when, sometimes we know we're doing something wrong, but we say, well, anyhow, I'm, I'm just human. God said enough of that. God says, I want you to be godly like me. Every day and in every circumstance, we should remind people of God. Monday through Friday, every time I get an opportunity, is God. Pouring out God, leading them to Jesus. Monday through Friday, on Saturday and Sunday, on the job, when you're under pressure, when dealing with disappointments, when people mistreat us, we still are to lead them to God. The way we respond to the everyday challenges of life should reveal the nature and likeness of God within us. None of us who are believers should ever again use the excuse, I'm only human. Help me, Jesus, not to use that. Because I'm made in the image and likeness of God and I have his character and his nature. We are more than that. We carry God-likeness in our jars of clay, in us. And we are supposed to let it out. Godliness comes at a personal cost, however. We must work hard at it. It won't happen accidentally. Don't forget that the best way to reveal, to reveal glory is to put it under pressure. It being pressured because our glory is hidden. The best way to bring it forth is to make demands on it. And I, I, I was saying the other day with my papaya seed, the papaya seed had to die to bring forth the, the papayas. And yesterday I picked the first papaya. The tree is in the seed, but the seed must be crushed to get the tree out, it must be crushed, it must die. 
You remember Jesus said in, in, in John chapter 12, verse 23 to 24, Jesus was speaking to his disciples and he said, the hour has come for the son of man to be glorified. I tell you the truth, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. That part about dying is the part we don't like to hear. You know, when we come into this world, as soon as we step into this world, we start dying. Oh, unless the seed dies, it cannot bring forth the trees trapped inside. Jesus was referring to himself saying that he had to die in order to bring forth his glory. The fruit of millions of changed lives because he died. He said, but I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all men to myself. Millions of committed servants of God were inside of him. You were one, I'm one that was inside of him. But he had to die to get them all out. My father, there was one who was willing to die in my stead that a soul so unworthy might live. And the path to the cross he was willing to tread all the sins of my life to forgive. They are nailed to the cross. He was nailed to the cross. Oh, how much he was willing to bear. With what anguish and loss, Jesus went to the cross, but he carried my sins with him there. I will cling to my Savior and never depart. I will earnestly serve him each day. With a song on my lips and a song in my heart, I will earnestly praise him each day. He was nailed to the cross he was nailed to the cross. Oh, how much he was willing to bear. With what anguish and loss, Jesus went to the cross, but he carried my sins with him there. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you that you were willing to go to the cross. Thank you that you were willing to give up your life. Thank you that you were willing to die so that we could be redeemed back to the Father. A seed must die. Draw me close to you. Never let me go. I laid all down again to feel you say that you're my friend. You are my desire. No one else will do. No one else can take your place to feel the warmth of your embrace. Help me find the way, bring me back to you. You're all I want, you're all I ever needed. You're all I want, help me know you are near. Father, thank you. There's a cause for godliness. Thank you that because of your death, millions of committed servants of God were in you, but you had to die to get them out. I love you.
I love you. Father, I thank you for your word that you've given us today. I pray that the hearers of these words will not only be hearers, but doers. Father, I ask you to place grace and your mercy and your joy and your peace in them in the name of Jesus. Father, I ask you that you will guide and direct our path, that we will not lean on our own understanding, but in all our ways, we will acknowledge you. Help us that we will yield ourselves totally to you so the glory can flow out of you. And even in the pressure, you give us grace as you pressuring to get it out. We give you praise, we give you glory. And I pray that all is well with everyone who's gonna receive this word. I love you, God bless you. This is Apostle Shirley Evans say, do not let anyone steal the joy from you because the joy of the Lord is your strength. And I pray that you will continue filling yourself with the word of God because the time is short. He's redeeming the time. He's about to do some suddenlies in your life. He has not forgotten you. He cares for you. He loves you. And even in the disappointments, he's still holding your hand. He loves you. He wants me to continue to say that God loves you because he loves you so much that he was willing to die for you. Have a blessed day.